episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I have like seven steps today. Ah. And with, with me today is... Donald Weigel. How many steps do you have? Uh, not as many as I would like. I have about 1,200 steps, which is <laughs> I, making me very uncomfortable. I, I have uh, 314 steps. Uh, <laughs> that's not very many steps. I actually made Donald stand up and turn yeah. off the fan so that I didn't yeah. have to get in steps. And she actually said, I don't like steps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how we're starting it out. So pretty much it's all over, people. That is the hardest part about podcasting is the lack of steps we get while sitting still. Um, yeah. If we could rebound and podcast, there'd be so we do five episodes a week. I know. We need to invent the silent rebounder so we can podcast. <laughs> it. <laughs> it just on the microphone. Our- it just sounds like ah, 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 ah. Well the yeah. thing is we have great conversations. I'm sure all drunk people at parties say this. Yeah. We have great conversations while we're rebounding about things we're gonna talk about on the podcast, and then we totally forget what they are. Totally. We're all like, the we time. We should record record all of our conversations because they're so good. <laughs> Exactly. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> exactly. Like I need uh, maybe what we need is is sort of like a uh, like a music stand where we can have like a notepad so we can write down while we're rebounding, write down all our great I- episode ideas. Well, I was thinking that we should have like they have in boxing rings the microphone that drops down the. the oh yeah, the guy, like, even in better. This corner, we've got Donald. Let's Michael. get ready to podcast. podcast. <laughs> I am confident that not everything we say is golden, and Donald does actually. I am not willing to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, uh, I would maybe say no to that because you spent an awful lot of time editing the podcast. This isn't—you don't just get the full flow of content. You from- shouldn't tell people I edit the podcast. <laughs> it should just be like, oh, it just comes out exactly like it is. Well, but the thing is, we need to keep. And, this- and the worst part is, is there are people listening that are like, they edit this podcast. Oh, wow! Wow! How bad is it before it's edited? No, but we uh, we want to keep this to a tight 30 because Donald needs to edit this and get it out the door because it takes a long time. To... Yeah, we are recording this the day before it's posting, which is the uh, pretty, pretty short turnaround. Um, so hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I, as we've said, I am Donald Weigel, and I've lost uh, about 100 pounds and have maintained that weight loss for about two and a half years now. And uh, Catherine, uh, what's your deal? <laughs> my deal i've lost i i'm not keeping track of the numbers i'm not a numbers person. oh yeah no it's just a no, number I'm just feeling my just body just a number yeah now as long as i can fit into my pants i'm fine but uh i've lost about 145 pounds i haven't done the the close math recently but kept it off for a long time now i've, yeah. I've kept off uh two and a half years or so so that is not something i'm used to i still am afraid of going into my closet and trying on clothing after a season because I'm so used to clothes not fitting after yeah. a couple of months that it's still startling when the clothing still fits. So. It certainly is. Well, we are such weight loss inspirations that we were recently invited to do a Reddit AMA, which stands for, and I didn't know this, Ask Me Anything. <laughs> and um, we uh, we thought we might do a little uh, follow-up on that. And if you are listening to this show, if you're a recent listener because of the Reddit AMA, welcome. Well. Please subscribe. And, you know, we're very much like the cable company where if you're a new subscriber, you get all the fantastic channels for for 14 cents a month for the first year. (laughs) But if you've been a loyal subscriber to this show for years, uh, we charge you the maximum amount <laughs> as allowed by law. It's it's free, though. Oh, we do this well, out of the goodness of our hearts. Uh, it's 
it's Wait, no <laughs> it's no cost to you. When you say something's free, it yeah, makes it sound like it's yeah low value. Low value. Yeah, I took marketing. I should know that. But yeah. honestly, uh, back to Reddit. Uh, we are so grateful that Reddit asked us, and by Reddit, I mean Bridget from Reddit um, yes. asked us to do an AMA. We answered a number of questions uh, from uh, listeners and new listeners uh, around the world, and it went uh, really well. The hardest part about it was sitting for three hours not getting steps. I know. And like my my typing fingers like were, you know, riddled to the bone <laughs> because we had we had our daughter just dabbing sweat off of our brow <laughs> like we're in a boxing ring. Come I, on, rock. I, you I can felt do this it. real sense of urgency to answer the questions as many as possible and as fast as possible. And it was uh it was much more stressful than I imagined it would be. But the hard part about it is uh aside from our butts becoming numb yeah. uh, from sitting so long was just donald and i were sort of tag teaming like wrestling everything's about wrestling tag teaming answers and when we're typing answers we can't necessarily go into the full breadth of detail yeah that we love to go into hearing our own voices so Catherine, can we just back up for a second for sure. for our listeners who may not know can you please explain the internet <laughs> <laughs> well first when a man and woman and, love each other very much and reddit is start a podcast <laughs> I don't know. And Reddit is kind of like a blog, right? It's like a blog. Sure. Well, our family asks um, how How's blog, your blog? How's yeah. your blog? I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I've worked for a uh, printing company for 22 years, and I still have people who ask how the paper company is going. Right. They just think it's Dunder Mifflin that I work for. I'm like, right. it's fine. It's all good. It's I just good. have stopped yeah. answering. I just stopped correcting people. It's not a blog. It's a, it's a podcast. I don't say that anymore. But anyway, uh, so as Catherine said, uh, it can be difficult in a typing situation, at least for me, to really fully answer questions. So we thought we would do a little bit of a deeper dive into a couple of the questions that we were answered and we may uh, we may do a series of these we coming might. up we uh, because we got asked a lot of great questions and um although I feel like we gave amazing answers to those questions uh that there were still more we could say about uh, all of those things. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know we have a lot to say about a lot <laughs> That's of things. No surprise. <laughs> but um maybe the best question and most uh cogent to our focus as weight loss inspirations uh, came from Coop Zegels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who asked, hey guys, great to hear you and see you on Lose It. Yes, it is. It really that is. That wasn't a question. Yeah. Here's my question. Who would play each of you in the Lifetime original movie adaptation of your epic weight loss journey venture? That, we gave that much thought. Yeah, we really did. Much and uh, my my best answer is that I think... I've often been compared to an older-looking Wilford Brimley, <laughs> and so I feel like- He was like 50 when he was in Cocoon, which is how old you are right now, wasn't he? Yeah, he something played, like that. He played an old man in a retirement home at yeah, Donald Yeah, exactly. Um, or uh, sort of like a more annoying Joe Pesci from Lethal no, Weapon. Stop it. No, give real answers. And you give your answers Fine, first. Fine, Phyllis Diller. <laughs> <laughs> She's America's sweetheart. So I have to give real answers, and you're going with Phyllis Diller. Well, if you Diller. get Wilford Brimley, I get Phyllis Diller. I think that that would be a great combination. She's also passed away, so she couldn't actually play me in the uh, the adaptation. But I love her. Or Carol Channing. Carol Channing would be oh. perfect for you. Yeah, you absolutely. Could be yeah, exactly. I uh, no no that was uh, that was uh, oh that was Phyllis Diller. Phyllis no Diller. no it wasn't. That was um. Uh, 
lamb chop. I think you're talking about, right? Oh gosh. Anyway, we're 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 falling off the, anyway. the answer horse. Yeah. But no, but I do have a few people. Um, Tina Fey, I think, would be good because she's, oh, yeah. she's funny. She likes night cheese. Right. Uh, and and who doesn't you? like night cheese? <laughs> yeah, she should play me. Um, and I am terribly embarrassed right now. I am drawing a blank. You know, like Jack Black, who, maybe. Who was Frodo in Lord of the Rings? I, I can't believe I think he actually like I think we're about the same size and I think yeah. I, I kind of look like him. Yeah. I think he would be good. Why can't I think of I his name? We've only it's seen terrible. the movie like 400 There are times. people listening to this right now that are shouting his name. Maybe we should edit it and go back because I can't believe I can picture him. I yeah. can picture him right now. Oh, well. This is great Okay, so Frodo from Lord of the Rings is I was gonna who I'm going to say Samwise Ganji for me. But. Yeah, uh, uh, Jack Black's also a good one, too. Like, maybe, maybe uh, now, that's is that mean to say Jack Black had played the before me? And, no, and, I think no. it's fine. But okay. I was also thinking, like, I love Mo- Molly Shannon, and yeah. maybe you could oh, do, yeah. like, a little feral situation. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay, so. all right, we've spent enough time on this question. Yeah, we have. Let's talk about something the actual. Real, let's get into the meat yeah. and potatoes. So um, we were asked a question uh, by a woman who uh, wanted to know about, she said that she's got a calorie goal that she tries to hit and she's really good through breakfast and lunch and then dinner comes and at nighttime she falls apart. Well, hold on. She said all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Which makes it sound like some sort of like attack on the Alamo, which is maybe a little bit extreme. See, it's funny. When I hear that, I feel like I see demons like swirling, you know, ghost demons or like Dementors from Harry Potter just like swirling in the room and like causing people to eat food. But honestly, I honestly think that our vocabulary about a situation really matters. I'm I'm being serious here. Yeah. When you're just like, oh, hell breaks loose. Yeah. It's like, oh, I ate a lot until about nine o'clock is really, I know we, like we're told as kids when we're in school right. to use the most exciting adjectives we can yeah. to sell a story. And I think we exaggerate an experience in our head by saying all hell breaks loose. And this is not dissing anyone like who actually said this, but like, we make it so dramatic. Like, I I was thrashed. Like, right. I, I just lost my mind. <laughs> I blacked out. Like, yeah. no, I just ate, like, an extra thing of Cheez-Its. Like, right. if you just take out right, the, right, the, right. the, if you take out all the adjectives. The hyperbole. It's pretty boring. Yeah. I just, I ate more Cheez-Its is what right. happened. Exactly. Anyway, I digress. No, no. Uh, it's, it's a very good point. And... So, you know, I get, went through and, and talked about all the things I do and how I break it up. And, you know, I I just, for example, I never eat anything that tastes like a treat before dinner. I always wait till after dinner. And I break up my day into very small meals. And I, I don't start eating until as late as possible, which for me, and I know this is horrifying to a lot of people, for me is about 2 p.m. I usually don't start eating um, it's, I don't really consider myself someone who intermittently fasts, but it just works for me after a lot of experimenting. I don't eat carbs early in the day. I, I spread out and I, I time it so that I never let myself get too hungry, all those things. And she said that she's eating 1300 calories, um, a day. And that is really the gist of what we wanted to get into today. And now it is possible there are people out there who need to eat that little to um, to keep going, but the fact that all heck was breaking loose, I'm refer, I'm refusing <laughs> to say he double hockey sticks um, at night means that to me that she was probably eating too little throughout the day, and 
it has been a real revelation to me to understand that I should eat as much as I can to be happy while still losing a little bit of weight and maintaining. Right. And I know Yanni Friedhoff, author of The Diet Fix, which it isn't a perfect book, but it uh, there's a lot of great information in there. He actually talked about how um, we want people to have the healthiest life they can enjoy, not tolerate. And I think so much of this experience in the past for me was about white knuckle tolerating, pushing myself. Like, how much pain can you tolerate is not yeah. how we get through a, at, like adding a healthy lifestyle to our lives, not not just like, okay, what can I bear? Yeah, and I think that we've been sort of taught that dieting is all about the struggle and that it should be as painful as possible and that really it's about trying to find a program you can put yourself on i don't even like the word program but try to you know adapt a lifestyle that allows you to actually eat and live at a healthy weight but not be miserable all the time right. and I, I think that's what Catherine and i have been able to do right right and i think it ties into the Someone actually said in the Reddit, you know, well, I'm only losing four pounds a month. It needs to go faster. And I spent 1996 to 2017 trying to lose weight fast and yeah. failing because you push yourself so hard that you end up rebounding and not not the good rebounder, the bad rebounder. Um but you end up sabotaging yourself and overeating because you're undereating. And we we try to push the half a pound a week, maybe a pound a week if it's a great week, yeah. is the most effective way to lose weight over time. And sure, there are some people who can lose a lot of weight fast. But for me, that's always led to, sure, I'm eating 1,200 calories a day. I starve, I starve, I starve. And then I have a birthday I overeat, oh, yeah. and then suddenly I'm back eating 2,500 calories a day and can't seem to get back to Or in that. my case, 4,000 a day. Right. And I just, you know, I lived that cycle for many, many years. I would do something like Atkins, or I would go on a plan where I was eating a small meal in the morning, have a, uh, or I would have, a, you know, a protein shake in the morning, a small meal for lunch, and a protein shake for dinner, and that was basically all I was eating all day. And I had a lot of success in air quotes doing that and then realized I couldn't eat like that for the rest yeah. of my life. I liked eating actual food too much to really get satisfaction out of a shake. And it was willpower only goes so far. It only allowed me to take the weight off and keep the weight off for a, a certain amount of time. And then I was right back into my old habits and I gained way back even more than what I had weighed before. Well, and we've done episodes too about, I think we had a three-part series on how to start out or how to get back on track. And one episode was on mindset and another was on calories and the, the last was on movement. But so often I see people wanting to go from not tracking at all or overeating. And then they see that my fitness pal says they should eat 1200 calories a day. And so instead of having a transition period of sort of figuring out how many calories a day they're currently getting, they go to that 1300 calories a day is where I'm going to lose two pounds a week. And that's what I should be sticking to. I've heard the word recently compliance. I'm not complying to my diet. Oh, that's just makes my it skin crawl is not you know 
a regulatory committee about, you know, say, like it's not OSHA safety standards. You're trying to like enrich your life and create a, a safe environment for yourself where you can live your best life while still maintaining a, a mild weight loss and not complying makes it seem like you're bad or good. Yeah, any diet, in my opinion, any any diet that you're on where if you're not sticking to it 100% letter of the law that you get kicked out of the club or something right. or like the diet police are going to come and arrest you is not something you should be doing. It's not something that you're going to be able to do for the rest of your life. At least I certainly couldn't and I feel like most people can't. Anything that's that restrictive, you know, that you can't you can't you know sway from at all is going to lead to the cycle that Catherine was talking about the you know oh i've broken it oh you know i might as well give up all my progress so Yanni Friedoff talks about it, and we've talked about it too, the idea of something that you can stick with for the rest of your life. And I actually think that that might be too much of an expectation also, because what we could do for the rest of our lives four years ago is not where we are right now. So I would actually like to think about it as what you can do in this current season, because 2020, if you are listening to this live, has not been, I don't know if you're following the news, but it's not a typical year. Yeah. And when we are in a situation where there is so much change politically and socially and just in our, you know, our day to day environment, we might be asking something different of ourselves right now than we would have in 2019. And we can't predict what that's going to look like next year. So being in a position right now where you're assessing your current environment and saying, what am I willing to do right now that is not tolerable, but what is comfortably achievable? That might be different than what it was a year ago. And it's okay to be open and flexible to that and not see yourself as a failure because you're not complying to whatever standard you had last year. Absolutely. And I've changed my plan, you know, probably literally dozens of times over the last four and a half, uh, five years. I have. I've adjusted things and changed things, and I go through moods where I cannot get enough of a particular food, and so I'm eating it every day, and then suddenly I'm like, okay, that is enough of that, <laughs> and I move on to something else, and I find something else that works for me, and I'm constantly tweaking and adjusting. You know, I, I went back to work about six weeks ago, and that has been a real change in how I'm eating and, and how many steps I'm able to get and all of that, and I'm just trying to adjust to the season as opposed to feeling like I am completely off track and and I'm having to reinvent it again, yet again, after all of these years. Well, and getting back to sort of the, the calorie base and the question that the Reddit reader had posted uh, was eating that 1,300 calories, being compliant and tolerating versus actually looking at your season of life and deciding, what are you really doing? Ideally, I'm eating 1,300 calories a day, but I, and I'm not saying that this is what the Reddit person said, but, you know, ideally I should be eating 13, but I find I'm eating 2,100 right. and I can't get back to that 13. Uh, someone actually reached out to me yesterday and was talking about how they wanted to be eating at a certain deficit. And that they were going to be trying to eat at that deficit for a while. And I, I asked, well, what are you actually averaging right now? And it was about 800 calories more a day than what deficit that they were trying to hit. Right. And I, I, I said, why don't you try to just eat at maintenance for a couple of weeks 
and then see if you're ready to go down to a deficit. And I have to remind myself of that too, that there's more than one option of hot water, cold water. There's medium tepid water as yeah. well. <laughs> Let's go through the temperatures. Let's name of water. all the kinds of temperatures there might but, be. But I think, I mean, and if we're going to drill down on the calorie point, and I know there have been people recently too who have said, how do I figure out what my maintenance calories are? I don't, you know, like I want to start tracking, but what do I do? How do I get there? And um, so we have a couple of ideas to to send your way uh, and also to the way of Elijah Wood. Elijah who- Wood! <laughs> Feel so much better now, I know. Elijah. I had to Wood. Look it up. We have seen those movies a million times. We watched I them know. on Wilford. We're big fans. Oh my goodness! Anyway, yes, I Elijah Wood. To... I would. I would be really happy if Elijah Wood played me. Okay, so um, there are a few ways to do this, and there are probably lots of ways to do this that uh, I haven't even thought of. But the way I actually did it. Uh, was I, when I very first was starting out, I figured out how many calories I was eating every day. I just, I, I tracked what I was eating for a week and sort of figured out what I was averaging every day. And it turned out it was a lot, um, like 35 <laughs> to 45 to sometimes 5,000 calories in a day. And I was really, you know, seeing that hard data in front of me, you know, I had, how I had been fooling myself, like I'm eating just like everyone else. Um, it was really shocking. But rather than go from that level of eating all the way down to 1300 or 1500 whatever overnight i decided to see what would happen if i dropped down to 3500 and i was able to lose a little bit of weight and then um i sort of plateaued so i went down to 3300 and then i don't have to keep going through every numbers. every numbers. Name numbers but eventually i settled on you know i i know it's unfair as a man i can probably eat more than most women but um i have settled in about 2000 calories a day that is kind of my maintenance it seems to work with the amount of fitness that i have and um, that's a pleasant amount of food that I can eat every day. And I'm able to work in treats that way. And it really works for my lifestyle. And I feel like I can live with that for the rest of my life. And it also allows me to occasionally, you know, have a birthday. You know, I have those <laughs> roughly once, once a year. Once a year, about yeah. once a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or go on vacation or whatever, and I don't go spiraling out of control. I can, you know, just adjust and go back to my 2000 and, and things seem to, to work out that way. Well, and we worked out with a personal trainer at one point who had us at about 1100 to 1200 calories a day, just in, you know, up in the mid 200 something pounds. Yeah. All right. Let's just cut to 12. Right. And we were miserable. Yeah. Completely miserable. and And I was white knuckling it and struggling and, you know, and I did lose weight doing that, but I was not happy. And eventually, uh, as we've said many times, gained it all back plus some more. Yeah. But for me, the way I approached losing weight was looking at my calorie burn on my Fitbit. And I know I've said this before, and as people reach out to us to say, how many calories should I have a day? Online calculators are just algorithms that take averages and pull numbers together. They are not gospel. They are not 100% perfect science, but they can be guidelines. Now, I know I've said this before too. I feel like my fitness pal and a couple of other calculators just give you a flat 1,400 calories a day. right? And they make you like earn back 
exercise Yeah, you calories. can't see it, but Catherine's doing air quotes with her fingers right and now. And I'm kind of glaring. <laughs> I'm glaring at my fitness pal. Yeah. I do not like calculators that throw out 13 to 1400 calories as your goal for the day. Well, and I don't like that they give a blanket number pretty much based on no stats, you know, like everybody suddenly is in that 13 to 1400 calorie range, you know, that there's no there's no variance for height or for age or any of those things. Right. So the way I started, I got my Fitbit and it gave me a moderate amount of calories to have a day, which was more like 1900 calories based on being 250 pounds. Yeah. And I tried to stay, they sort of have a, a red a blue and a green zone for your calorie deficit. And honestly, the entire time I was losing, I just tried to stay in the moderate deficit, which was about 750 calories less than what it said I burned. Quite honestly, that is how I lost 100 pounds. Yeah, just, so it wasn't that you even had a particular number that you were hitting. You were just staying in that deficit range according to your Fitbit. Right, so it was sort of like based on the speed of traffic. <laughs> you right, know, I right. Just so tried to the stay. more you moved in a day, the the probably the more you were eating, but it all, it all worked out. Right, so on any given day, I was eating between 22 and 1900 calories a day, and that worked for me. I didn't micromanage it, but it worked. Now, I know not everyone has a Fitbit, and I know uh, fitness trackers can overestimate your burn because there sure were days where oh, I, yeah. it said I was burning 3,500 calories, but if I ate 3,000 calories that day, boy, gosh, would I gain weight. Like, yeah. I still do that. Um, but I found a calculator online, and I'm sure that there are others, but there is a website, and I know it sounds uh, it sounds like freecreditreport.com, right. um, but it's called freedieting.com, and I went to that website, and they have a calorie calculator in which you put your height, age, gender, and weight, and then also your activity level. And I just put none of your business in <laughs> all of those categories. That's my business. Yeah. Um, I put it in and just tried to see how it tracked to what I found true to be relevant on my Fitbit. And I put in, I actually get seven days of activity. It gives you different activity levels. I am active seven days a week. I found that the calculator overestimated based on seven day a week activity. So I took it down to five days of activity. And I found that to be very accurate within a hundred calories of what I find true on my calorie burn and my, and my maintenance. So it was saying my maintenance would be at about 2000 to 2100 calories a day. And that my deficit would be about sixteen to 1,700 calories a day. And I find that at my current activity level and my current weight, that that is true for me. So again, I went and ratcheted down my activity by one uh, measurement, and I found that to be true. Um, the person that I talked to yesterday about her calorie deficit I asked her to do the same thing. She said she got five days of activity. I asked her to take it down to the next, the three days of activity. And yeah. she said that she found that to be a, a true balance. Again, these are just averages. But if you're looking for somewhere to start, 
try starting at the maintenance calorie range that the freedieting.com website gives you because I find that it is much more accurate than MyFitnessPal. Yeah, and I uh, actually did it this morning uh, just before we started podcasting, and you could rewind about two minutes and listen to everything Catherine said, and it was exactly the same for me. I put myself in at uh, someone who exercises daily, and um, it was the calories it was giving me was a little high. I stepped it back one, and it was really pretty accurate for what my maintenance and my my weight loss numbers would be. So that's also a good place to start if you want like a hard target to have to hit. Right. And what I would say for anyone, especially right now in COVID, is to work on that maintenance number first. If you keep finding that you're failing at a deficit, try working on maintenance and see if you are actually maintaining your weight. Like that is that is the easier answer. That is the Occam's razor. We did an episode called Occam's razor. The easy answer is often the best answer. Instead of going from I'm binging every day to a deficit, what if you just tried for maintenance for a couple of weeks? See if you're actually maintaining and then take your calories down by two or 300 calories a day and then see if you start losing. You don't have to go to extremes. You don't no. have to do it, you know, every single day. If you are having a rough day, your goal is is a deficit, but you hit maintenance, yay for you. Like that is also a victory. It's better than just saying screw it or double hockey stick it or whatever uh, non-curse word that is. Yeah. But it's better to go for a maintenance range than it is to just – you know, say, forget it, I'll start again after Labor Day. Go for a maintenance calorie, go for a deficit if you're feeling up to it. Yeah. And I think that we are so obsessed with getting fast results yeah. and losing weight quickly that we lose sight of the big picture. And the revelation for me, and, you know, one of the big, big keys to making this work was realizing that doing it slowly was okay because the alternative was not doing it at all or gaining weight. And losing half a pound a week is fine. Like that is actually a lot of week, a lot of week, a lot of weight over the course of a year. And if you can keep doing that and keep doing it, like you will hit your goal. And um, another Yanni Friedhoff quote uh, that I happen to write down uh, is you have to like the life you're living if you're going to keep living that way. Yeah. And if you're just miserable dieting and exercising the way that you're doing it now, you won't do it. You'll eventually stop and you might get results for a while, but you it is unsustainable to keep doing that forever. So trying to find a happy balance to where you're losing a little bit of weight at a time um, but you're not miserable really is the key to long-term success. Well, and two, I think we forget that we can negotiate a calorie range. If I, I, I still get a lot of people who say like, well, this says I should be getting, you know, 1800 calories a day, but I'd really like to get 1900 calories a day. It's like, 
okay, you're not fighting with a computer. Just go for 19 and see how you feel. Like there's yeah. no, we're scientists, we're experimenting, we're seeing what works and not everything is going to work every day. I think Yanni Friedhoff too has talked about um, in, in the diet fix, he talked about not every day is going to be the ideal day and looking at your week, looking at your stressors, looking at your hormones and your hunger levels. There are going to be days that are less optimal. I know there were a couple of days this week when I ate at 2,200 calories, which is over my maintenance. And then other days where magically I wasn't all that hungry and I ate 17. And it doesn't mean that I'm broken. It just means that the, you know, the flying conditions were different on each day. And being able to be flexible with that and not feel like you're not complying. And obviously this is the end of the world. There are no weight loss cops that are going to like pull you over and give you a ticket for, you know, too many calories that day. Like it's... It's, it's just you have to be able to live your life. You're just living your life. And, you know, one day of going over is not a I'm I've ruined it. I've, you know, throwing out all my progress. Well, and one of the most heartbreaking things that I've ever heard in my grown up life. Here we go, people. Get out your tissues. Yeah, yeah. Was being at a Weight Watcher meeting and they would at the end of the meeting, they would always have an orientation for new members. And a woman raised her hand and said, how much extra do I have to pay to get more points? Yeah. Thinking that she actually had to pay Weight Watchers to be allowed to eat more points than she was suggested to eat every week. That as though you have to – and I – my heart broke. I know. And the idea that you have to – My heart's breaking right now rethinking about it. The the idea that you think that a fitness tracker – is the boss of you, or that if you don't hit this golden rule every day that you're broken, like we are adapting every day to our circumstances. Um, I listened to another podcast, uh, One Bad Mother, which is what I am, so it appeals to me, <laughs> was they were talking about how we are not the same people any like from any previous day our experiences our exposure to the news our environment our family conditions it evolves every day and we have to be adaptable to our environment we also have to be honest with ourselves and not just use it as an excuse to overeat but we have to look at our day and say what am i ready to do today what based on the circumstances can i achieve yeah how can i adapt to my environment to make it the most successful for myself and some days that might mean eating at a maintenance range some days that might mean reducing my calories and it might also be and we're going to do this on another episode how can i change what i'm eating to make it more satisfying by pumping up the volume (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it all matters and i think being open to maintenance open to trying something new next week. Like you could have a maintenance week and then a deficit week. You could flip flop weeks, months, days, like you can do whatever you want with it. And it doesn't have to be, gosh, I see somebody else on a diet plan losing five pounds a week. Yeah. Like what is consistent for you and how can you wake up with, you know, go to sleep and wake up with peace of mind, knowing that you gave a good effort, you pushed yourself a little bit, but that you are losing slowly and consistently consistently over time. Don't look in anyone else's lane to see who's lost five pounds, 10 pounds a week, which I still see and I can't deal with it. And I got to just focus on my own self because I know what is right for me and finding out what, what is right for you, what works for you isn't based on an algorithm. It's based on your circumstances and what you feel ready to achieve. 
And I think that is a great place to stop. Uh, thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, you have pushed yourself a little bit and given a little extra effort, and we really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, or even if you didn't enjoy this episode, there are 130-some other ones you can check out. Uh, we have not monetized any of them. They're all still free and available. Uh, or sorry, they're complimentary and available. <laughs> Ooh, like peanuts on an airplane. Exactly. Remember, remember airplanes? <laughs> yeah, wherever you have found this podcast, you can find all of the other ones. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to them at your desk at work, you could go to weonlylookthin.com. We've got them all posted there as well. And you can also go there and find out some information about our online support group. Uh, click on the link, join our support group. Anything you want to say about that, dear? Uh, yeah. Uh, we Only Look Thin Walt Place is a Facebook group, uh, accountability group for women, uh, where we support one another in our day-to-day challenges uh, emotionally and uh, on the scale. So it's it's amazing. I, I know I sound snarky and flip all the time, but I'm so proud of the group. I love it so much. So it's, uh, it's a great place for support on the interwebs. Yeah. So if that sounds good to you, uh, head over there and check it out. Um, also, uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, the socials, as they say, at We Only Look Thin. Uh, You can also email us uh, to uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. And uh, the Reddit AMA, I think, is closed at this point. But if you have questions for us, uh, we do answer. Uh, It may take a minute, but we uh, we do respond to all of our emails. And uh, if you have any good episode ideas, any topics we haven't covered, uh, or if you haven't uh, made the time to listen to all of our episodes and would like to hear about some things we've already talked about again, uh, we're happy to talk about it. Well, and I think that's the thing, too. I'm like, well, we talked about that two years ago. Like, they already know. I'm like, you know, I, know. I have to be reminded of things we said yesterday. So. Well, and I don't want to get off on a huge tangent, but I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts, and uh, there was one recently where I was listening to the most recent episode, and they kept referring to an episode that they had re- like aired just earlier that week, and I was like, I'm not going back to listen to that. <laughs> Can I just do nothing? Yeah, it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to, no, that's fine. I'm I'm getting the gist of it here. I'm not going back, so I totally get it, believe me. Uh, but uh, if you're asking to yourself, what can you do for Donald and Catherine uh, right now, please uh, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. It helps uh, our egos and it helps people find us uh, when they're looking for a podcast that are similar to ours. Yeah. So if you still can't tell the difference between Elijah Wood and Wilford Brimley, <laughs> just remember that Catherine and I are an inspiration Asian. Diabetes. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. 